from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Put my name up in the Today's Tuesday, and we all know that Tuesday means Pat McAfee, Aaron Rodgers. With that being said, even Pat McAfee started his show today by saying, we don't know. And maybe, just maybe, it's something that's that simple and we're making complicated. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. I say that because the decision to, to retire or play seems like a very difficult one. And while we are all sitting here speculating on what Aaron Rodgers is going to do, just a reminder to everybody that there is the real possibility that he's just trying to figure out if he wants to play football. Like, human beings have to go through this process. And we are now joined by somebody that knows going through that process better than most. A Pro Football Hall of Fame wide receiver, Calvin Johnson, joins us. Uh, Calvin, really appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on. We'll get into what you're working on in a second. Uh, but I, we were just talking about retirement. You went through this process. How did you walk through the process personally of deciding that you wanted to step away from the game? Hey, good afternoon, fellas. Jason, what all here? Um, What's up, bro? Yeah, that's a tough decision, man. It, it all It's a lot that goes into the decision. Um, family goes into the decision. Um, your mental psyche and, and, and a lot of that um, has to do a lot of that um, mental state, you know, uh, has to do with how you feel, how you feel uh, physically. So it's a, it's a bunch of things you have to have to weigh there. And we forget. I, even I forget now that I've been out of it so long, you know, looking at Aaron Rodgers' situation, for example, that – you know, there it is a human <laughs> behind the behind the helmet and pads. You know, so um, we do forget that too sometimes. And I, I will say, Cal, we do forget that a lot of times because you know we're so accustomed to seeing guys in uniform, in helmet, out there on the field performing. How difficult is it being a player, especially at the uh, at the level that you played at? And knowing that people really don't understand the ins and outs of it from that perspective, it's tough. You know, I'm like you say, I lived it. You know, um, people really can understand why I chose to uh, retire. Uh, you know, after nine seasons. You know, maybe if it was left, to, if I was left to my own devices, I might have retired after my eighth. <laughs> but you know, like you're saying, but a lot of it boiled down to where I was at physically, and that kind of um, you know uh, blended in with my mental state. Um, and then where I wanted to be, you know, um, you know, as a professional outside of football, as a family man. Yeah, that's all so interesting to me because it's such a layered and individual decision. How do you balance, and, and certainly you felt this, like pressure from everybody around you to make the decision in a certain time frame, in a certain way. And I just keep thinking about Aaron Rodgers sitting here saying, I know what the Packers need and I know what the Jets need, but I need to do this on my own timing. How do you shut off the outside noise to figure that stuff out? I mean, my situation, I didn't make a big noise. I didn't make any noise about the retirement in general. I contemplated it, um, you know, in my own circle, you know. Um, so it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't news that, you know, I was considering retirement. So that allowed me to keep a layer or keep a buffer there so I didn't have to really deal with the media or anything like that. So then I could just really focus on, you know, what, I, what I'm feeling, what I'm, what I'm hearing my body tell me. And I got I to gotta talk to you about, you know, 
being in the Hall of Fame, bro, because you are from the South Side. I got to throw that out there just in case y'all didn't know. He's yeah, from yeah. the South Side of Georgia, Good baby. Boy. We just we just different breeds How down that do way. Everybody, like, there's a Georgia tie to everybody that comes on this show, Harry. This is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we can't blame God. We can't blame God. You know. But, but, Calvin, I got to ask you, though, man, how is it walking around knowing that you're a Hall of Famer, bro? Just, just t- touch on that a little bit for us. Yeah, man, that's, um, you know, I don't, you don't think about it unless somebody says it a lot or, you know, talks about it, but, you know, if I see my jacket in the closet, you know, it's just, it's surreal, you know, everything, the culmination, everything from middle school football to the high school, to college, to my time in the league, the relationships, all the people that helped me get to that point, you know, it's, uh, it's an, it makes you really emotional when you think about it, when you go through it, because it, it, it's so it's too much to try to um, to take in all at once. Because there's so many different things that happen along that journey uh, that contributed to uh, to that gold jacket. Wait, wait, wait! You're saying you got the gold jacket in the closet? Like I, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm blown away by this. Like you could shadow box that, hang it on the wall, put like lights going towards it. You got it in the closet, Calvin? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that that is that is the plan when I when I move back to Georgia, but you know, in the meantime, yes, it is. It comes out once a year and it's in the club. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, Harry, I like uh, one of the, the things that when I finally, when I moved up here, I put all the gold and platinum records from my life and like the Grammy and everything. I put it out and I put them all on the wall. Every time I walk by them, I'm like, yeah, I feel really cool right now. I'm just saying if I had a Hall of Fame jacket, I'd put that right up. Uh, one of the reasons we got you here uh, is primitive performance. And I'm really interested in this. Uh, I always talk openly about uh, what THC and CBD has done for my life. It's been an, a huge influence. I've never heard of what you guys are doing. So tell everybody about Primitive Performance and what you got going on. Yeah, this is exciting. We started in the, we started our journey in the cannabis industry five or so years ago um, with a focus on you know advocacy and innovation. You know that's a big part of our mission, and this is a part of the innovation what we're getting into here. Um, just really taking uh, pharmaceutical um, tools or grade um, materials and applying that to the cannabis industry. And that's how we're getting to our nano-sized particles that we're using uh, in our uh, in our in our two first two SKUs, which are the uh, ORS, which is the oral rehydration solution, uh, similar to a, a liquid IV or Pedialyte stick pack, but we have cannabinoids in, in, within there, um, really to attack inflammation within the body. And then we have a topical, a transdermal topical cream, uh, which is great, which is my favorite actually, because you know I got all kind of bumps and bruises and swelling chronic swelling in my ankles and it's just for everyday swelling um uh so really trying to trying to attack uh people's source of uh pain which is really uh inflammation so just really excited about these uh first two skews um that we're starting with and it's just the first two to um and more to come now, tell me about this the rehydration drink like do you do you drink it while you're working out or after you're working out or just like when you're feeling like you need a like you need some hydration in the middle of the day like how are you when are you consuming yeah. it so this is a cool thing. So we have a THC version and we have a CBD version. The THC version is only available within the Michigan market or, or recreational market. Um, I like to personally have a little bit of THC when I'm going into my workout because that little bit of THC helps you push through the burn. You really don't really, I, I like to say you don't feel the burn as much. So you're able to get a, a, a really kind of maximize that workout. Uh, but the, the CBD version 
uh, is really just great for, like I say, for inflammation, for calming, for relaxation. Um, so that's, that's, that's what those are. And then more than anything, obviously, they have all your vitamins and minerals and electrolytes just to keep you hydrated as well. Where can people find it? Yeah, um, these are all available at um, on primitiveperformance.com. That's primitive without the E, uh, primitiveperformance.com. Um, they're all available on there. So, um, yeah, we, we, we launched uh, recently. So it's just a very exciting to, you know, be able to turn take cannabis and apply it in a, almost a pharmaceutical way and just to really, you know, uh, highlight, you know, the healing towers of this plant and, you know, affect everybody's quality of life. And it's the epitome of what, you know, we learned in church growing up, Calvin. See, God, uh, it's not going to always come when you want him to, but he's going to always be on time. And see, I could have used this about a month ago when I played <laughs> basketball with my little nephews and stuff. And I was sore as hell afterward. So I need you to send this right to my house in Georgia so I can get started on my, my dosage, please. We, we will, yeah, I have a sample, uh, sample box coming for both of you. Oh, 100%. man. Yes. I'll, get, I'll get with you guys and make sure I got the right addresses. Uh, look, I, I, in all seriousness to everybody. Won't he do it? Won't uh, God do uh, yeah, it? Won't yes, God, he will. Won't God do it? Uh, yes, he will. Nah, Calvin, uh, congratulations, man. This is really cool, and I think THC CBD products like this are, are going to change the game for a lot of people. Uh, y'all, I'll tweet out the link in just a second so everybody can get to it that way. Uh, you can find it. Calvin, really appreciate your time. Appreciate your insight, man. Thanks for hanging out with us, and, and best of luck with Primitive Performance, man. Sounds really cool. Of course. I appreciate you guys uh, having me on. Harry, man, great to talk to you, brother. Be well. Tell your family. I'll say hello. You too, Jay. You too, bro. I mean, Harry, like, do you know every? Is there anybody? I feel I'm like, right here looking at his jersey hanging in my basement right now. I mean, I'm looking at it right now, I, right I like to my it. left. I am shook. I like. I was excited. I, so again, I like to peel back the the fourth wall here. I didn't even know you had that relationship with him. Like, I had no idea. <laughs> I know that, as I said in the interview, and I'm very genuine about, like, this stuff matters a lot to me, and I like educating people about how these things can be used in ways that help you in your life in real attainable ways, and and, and breaking down some of the stigmas that people have around CBD and THC products. So when Evan came in and said, hey, Calvin Johnson, I was like, oh my God, yeah, I didn't even know. I didn't even know you had this friendship with him. So well, like, well let's, let's just say this. I put my phone book up against any, in everybody. Oh, well, there's no doubt about that. Like, I feel like at some point what's going to happen is Bieber's going to just call in blindly. One, He's going to call Triple H, say ESPN, and all of a sudden Harry's going to be like, Biebs, what's up? And he's like, HD. Like, you talking about Justin Bieber? Yes. Yeah, so if you tell okay, me. Okay, but I got, I got a contact that's close to him. I mean, I'm if like, you want him on, just, just talk to me. Let me know. Six degrees of separation here is really wild. Look, I, I have I have one desire in life at this point. It's not to be a great sports talk host. It's not to be a great digital sports host. It's not to be a great ESPN personality. It's just to be Harry's best friend for the rest of his life. So I can be his plus plus one and a half. Like his wife's always going to be his plus one. If I give, if he can be like like you know how this goes. You're walking in the club and you're like she's with me, and then you point to the back to like the weird white guy that's like eight people behind you, and you're like so's he. That's what I want to be the so's he to Harry Douglas for the rest of my life. That's all I'm asking for. <laughs> all right. Lamar Jackson's been very active in the past hour or so, but will that lead to an active free agency for the former MVP? We'll give you details you've never heard before next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Every segment, we lose a little more of Evan Wilner. 
our producer extraordinaire, also a diehard Jets fan, as he continues to monitor all of social media to see what's going to happen with There's Aaron Rodgers. There's not much to lose. I mean, that's I'm, that's... I'm not that big of a guy, and I'm not that focused to begin with. So, he was, like... He was four foot seven when the show started. He's two foot three now. Like we're just little by little, we're losing more and more well, of Evan. Evan, I'm not going to let you tell us tell stories to us. If the news breaks at some point on this show that Aaron Rodgers is going to the Jets, I want to know your reaction. But like, well, what are we what are we going to well, get? We kind of had practice yesterday because one of our former colleagues tweeted out that the deal was done. <laughs> I didn't tell you guys it, it broke in like the last segment of the show. I didn't tell you guys until after the show. And, and so we had a little bit of a practice. We had like a, a dry run yesterday for <laughs> what happens when Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets. So at this point, it's really just relief. It's already happened. Like, they're going in on Alan Lazard. As Dan Graziano pointed out, in 2023, there is no point in signing Randall Cobb unless Aaron Rodgers is coming. And now, as Fitz, you'll, you'll say now, like, there's another free agent they're going after. So I've already made up my mind. Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. The only thing we're waiting for is the Twitter uh, notification from Shefty so, or Domofsky. Oh, he's going to tell us so, well, right? well, are you going to take your wife out to a nice dinner because mm-hmm. the Jets Stay now tuned. have... Aaron Rodgers, when the news breaks. I think she deserves that. I, th- I honestly do. But, like, uh, like you're... But co- my ass. No, Are you taking your her. wife out Wait, to a not. dinner, Evan? No, Maybe no. He's taking There's no her out. to it. Maybe he's taking her out to the darkness for a couple of days. You, <laughs> you guys are the worst. You're comparing me to Greeny. So, like, Greeny has admitted that he has not been the best husband, that he's been on his phone a lot the last couple of days following Twitter for Aaron Rodgers. That has not been me. I had a very nice weekend with my wife. We went okay. out and we ran errands together. We spent some time around the house getting stuff done. you go to Costco, done. you wild, wild beast of a man? Like, wait, what? wait, wait. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying we spent some we time. We went to Costco together. We, we spent hella time. We spent some time together this weekend. We watched some TV. We watched the end of The Last of Us. Like I have, okay. I have not been, uh, I have no, not but, been locked into my phone as much as you'd think. So no, I don't think I have to take her out. To but you don't people have to, be excited but yeah, to take her out on a nice also, dinner because you, you're excited. Like you ever get home and you're like, honey, I just had a great day and I want to take you out to dinner because I am yeah. celebrating. We're trying life to help today. you here, Evan. Like I, listen to us. I, we're we're is, trying to counsel you. It is also nasty weather. Out in in uh, oh, nasty God. weather in, outside. In so so she's not so, worth a nice dinner because the weather's not no, nice. No, I don't outside. think she'd want to go out. No, I don't no, think no, she'd no, want to go you... out in this weather. I think we'll maybe have a nice dinner at home tonight. We did just get okay. a nice shipment of wine from a wine club we joined when we were okay, in Napa we're over the okay, summer. Now we're so maybe we'll now open we're up a nice bottle of the wine that we bought because Aaron Rodgers jet. That that might be, but I don't think I'm going out to okay. dinner. You get home, maybe you make a little fresh Are pasta from scratch. Are you cooking dinner? Are you gonna cook it? Like maybe you or. The plan was leftovers tonight, but okay. maybe I'll stop it's on the way home and buy something oh else to make a nice dinner Lord. tonight. Okay, look, we're, we're trying to help you. By the way, Shefty tweeted out, Packers veteran free agent. That's right, Packers veteran free agent. One more time, Packers veteran free agent, tight end Mercedes Lewis. Who do you used to play for? For the Packers. Who spent the past five seasons in Green Bay, you don't say, has drawn interest from, dun dun dun, amongst others, the New York Jets. Surprise, surprise. The Raiders also on that list, per league sources. But yet again, it feels like they're bringing in the entire village of Packers. Everybody that, uh, now, there's two ways we could read this, and I know we need to get to Lamar, but there's two ways we could read this. One, we could read this as they're bringing in all the pieces that it's going to take to make sure that they continue to kumbaya with Aaron Rodgers. The other way to read this is they haven't had an answer yet. They're what they like to call in the poker uh, community pot committed, in 
In other words, they put so much into this, they can't walk away from the hand at this point. So they're just throwing more money, trying to figure out if they just put more in the pot, will everybody else eventually fold and they get what they want? Like, that's the other side of this. This is going to all well, just I'm just saying, if you're the Jets, you will, you will want to make Aaron Rodgers comfortable so he can be the best version of himself. And what's what's a more a better way to make him comfortable than bringing players that he's comfortable with over to your team that knows the system already, along with Nathaniel Hackett. You could DoorDash from like a really nice restaurant, Evan. Like you could like go like see find a place that has like like a, you know Chef's Kiss steak and DoorDash the whole thing. Get it? Come on and treat the wife to a open that bottle of wine. You just wink and you're like, honey. It's Aaron Rodgers' day. And then you just see where the magic goes from there. Fits Do in. not inhale. Say, honey, it's Aaron Rodgers' day. No, don't, don't, don't you dare say that. It's, oh, so many things to say that'll get me fired. So I won't. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Really sure they're glad I told you that right then. Uh, Evan Wilner is on Aaron Rodgers' watch. We will keep you on Aaron Rodgers' watch. But there's also some breaking developments. This is stuff you have not heard yet on Lamar. Everybody's talking, but this is new information, okay? Adam Schefter uh, was on the Adam Schefter podcast, uh, really aptly named the Adam Schefter podcast, and talked about what Lamar Jackson turned down in September. These are actual financial details reported by Adam Schefter. The real guarantees in Lamar's contract were $133 million at signing, 175 with injury, and $200 million on a springing guarantee that would have kicked in if he was still on the roster on the fifth day of the league year in 2026. So maybe it's not a guarantee, but he would have had to been on the roster for three more years, and then 25 more million would have become guaranteed to make it 200 million. Bottom line, Lamar Jackson passed up a lot of guaranteed money in the hopes that he would get a fully guaranteed contract. So we get 175, they could grow to 203 years, it's guaranteed. Now, to that, Lamar has gone out to Twitter, and he started by uh, putting up a picture of a person giving a look, all right, and then said, tweeted again, 133 for three years, fully guaranteed, but I need an agent, laughing face emoji, and then also, uh, right after that, tweeted out, people throw poop emoji at the wall and hope it sticks. So uh, he's telling you a lot right here in these responses to Shefty's very specific details. Yeah, Lamar Jackson is basically saying what is being mentioned is not true and that he he's only been offered three years, $133 million guaranteed. And Lamar Jackson has every right to defend himself. He, he, he just he truly does, especially if he was in the room with the Baltimore Ravens and no 100% know what they offered him. He has the right to go out here and say, you know what, if he feels something isn't right, someone is saying, and let everyone know, no, that's not true, that's not correct, here's what I was offered. And that's what he's doing right here in this manner. Uh, you're right, and by the way, he doesn't have an agent that's speaking on these things, so the fact is he's going to clap back on it. The other part of it is, I only respect the aggressiveness more when you hear $175 million that could spring to $200 million in three years and full, fully guaranteed money. I'm all in on Lamar testing the market. If you don't feel like $175 million essentially was good enough, go out there and see if you can get better. If you got $175 million to fall back on, uh, you can still be aggressive, right? Like uh, It's yeah. not like he's going to walk back to suddenly a veteran minimum contract. Let's not get it twisted. And, and I still don't understand how, you know, Kyler Murray got $189.5 million guaranteed. 
how Lamar Jackson doesn't eclipse that with the Baltimore Ravens. I, I, I don't think I would ever understand that. Uh, by the way, we also have breaking news from Shefty. Austin Eckler has been granted permission to seek a trade. So fantasy football owners all over the world, myself included, that may or may not have won their championship last year because of Austin Eckler. Keep your eyes peeled on this. The Chargers have allowed Austin Eckler to seek a trade. We will see what that means. And the news keeps coming in. We will keep you posted as we get it. But some teams had a very good yesterday day yesterday and some teams had a meh sort of day Fitz and Harry the podcast Top stories in sports. Guys, huge news over here. To the bottom. This is it. Rock bottom. This is Three Up, Three Down with Fitz and Harry. You know the drill. Three Up, Three Down means we're going to give you three things we're hot on and three things we're not on after one day of legal tampering. That's right. Winners and losers, essentially. The best and the worst. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, three up, three down, is brought to you by My Computer Career Training for a Better Life. All right, Harry, this week I get the ups, you get the downs, and we start at the top of the list. That's where the big number one sound. Number one. That's okay. We'll just we'll just <laughs> number. We'll start at the top of the list. Uh, I'll just go with it. Uh, my number one up. The 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 biggest thing that I'm putting on the up list. Tackles getting paid. Offensive tackles yesterday reset the market all over the place. And I know this is going to be mostly about teams, but I look at that one particular position and you found out early on that if you were going to be in, you needed to be in for epic amounts of money. We live in a world right now where it used to be that left tackles were the only guys getting paid. Now left and right tackles are both getting paid because pass rushers are more diverse than ever and able to get at you from both sides of the line. So we're seeing with with McGlinchey, uh, with Taylor, we're seeing big money go out to right tackles. So right tackles... Offensive tackles made a bunch of money yesterday. They win. That's my number one. My number one down is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles because already they have lost lost three defensive starters that was on that Super Bowl team, not Super Bowl team that won the game, but actually having an appearance and made an appearance. Uh, T.J. Edwards he signed with someone else, Javon Hargrave and Marcus Epps. Now they also have a sh- uh, another list of people: Fletcher Cox, Robert Quinn, James Bradbury, Kaiser White, Nadamikin Sue, Linval Joseph. All these guys, oh uh, C.J. Gardner Johnson, play on the defensive side of the ball, and they could potentially lose as well. That is a that's a laundry list. All right, so from that one we go. Next on the list, number two. Oh, look at that. Now we got the voice of God just in time for me to tell you the number two winner of the day. My beloved Raiders. Uh, okay, hear me out. A couple reasons. Now, number one, of course, I'm biased, but I always admit my bias, which I think maybe pulls it back a little bit. But number two, while I think the Raiders needed nine new starters on the defensive side of the ball, I have a ton of respect for the fact that they gave themselves flexibility at the top of the draft. Hear me out. Jimmy G's on a quarterback contract. They can get rid of him after one year if they want. They can keep him for two years if they want. Through the process of doing that, they've now given themselves the situation where if the quarterback they genuinely wanted is sitting there at three in the draft, they could trade a King's ransom to move up with the Cardinals, or they could stay right where they are at seven and still have the opportunity to get possibly the best corner, the best offensive lineman, the best defensive tackle, the best uh, edge rusher. They'll have plenty 
plenty of options at seven. So Jimmy G makes them flexible in the draft. They were not flexible a day ago. Now they are. That makes them a winner to be on an affordable contract. Hmm. My number two down, it's going to be the New England Patriots. And because of the simple fact they lost two pass catchers, John New Smith at the tight end position, who's now with the Atlanta Falcons via trade, and also Jacoby Myers, who's with your beloved Raiders. Mm -hmm. Now, that's going to put a lot of pressure on Tyquan Thornton, who was a draft pick not too long ago. He's going to have to step up. Kendrick Bourne, he's going to have to step up even more. Devontae Parker, those three guys are going to have to play a vital role in New New England's success if they're able to have it from an offensive standpoint because two guys that they were banking on are now gone. Jacoby Myers led this team in yards receiving last season. It was phenomenal for them. Yeah, you know Thornton well coming out in the draft. There's some good and some development there all at once, right? He's going to have to take a big jump forward. All right, my number three up, not just because I'm doing the – oh, I should wait, wait. I I cut McGlynn off there. All right, Chris. Next up on my list. Number three. Look at that. See, my number three up, not just because I'm working with you, but because I think, frankly, the money spent has put them near the top of everybody's list. The Atlanta Falcons have done some big things, man. I think it's been smart. And I saw the Taylor Heineke thing this morning, and I thought, dang, you want to talk about an effective way to spend a little money that could become a decent amount of money? Like, I'm all in on what the Falcons are doing right now. They're aggressively going out. They're spending in ways that are making their roster better today. They're going to be a much more competitive team in a very winnable division. If they're right and Desmond Ritter's the answer, my God. If they're wrong, well, depending on how the draft plays out, they could take a quarterback. If they don't want to take a quarterback in the draft, they'll be able to address it next year using capital that they have. They didn't overcommit to the position. I think it's a really smart approach by them this offseason. This is amazing because your, your, your third up is the Atlanta Falcons. My third down is the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> what a hell of a day this has been. The Saints have lost four key defensive people, three that happen to be on their defensive line. David Omignata, who's now in Atlanta. Marcus Davenport, who's now with the Minnesota Vikings. Caden uh, Elis, who's now with the Atlanta Falcons. And Shai Tuttle, who's now with the Carolina Panthers. Oh, they lost two of them to the Atlanta Falcons. I can feel it. Coming in the air tonight. Oh, Lord. I mean, we Shout are, out to my Falcons. We are genuinely, from those last two takes, from the up and the down, we are watching the reshaping of a division in the NFL. Yes. And, and it makes it even a little bit more stunning to me. You know, I know it's easy now, hindsight 2020. But Derek Carr decided to go to the Saints. And the Saints at this point are losing a lot of the assets that would have made the defensive side of the ball particularly appealing. We don't know what the Saints are going to have with Alvin Kamara as we await whatever the league's going to decide to do based on his actions at the Pro Bowl all the way last year, right? We don't know what Michael Thomas is going to be doing. Like, This is that moment where you look at it and say, I understand some of the safe reasons why Derek Carr picked the Saints. But also, you're not in a great situation there. Oh, hold on, hold on. Let me call my father-in-law really quick. Hey, yeah, what's up, Pops? Yeah, I know you're a beloved Saints fan. Sorry <laughs> we're taking all your players. You know, I still love you, man. I'll call you after I'm on, I'm on the show right now. I'll call you later. You are trashing your father-in-law on air. That is a bold man. <laughs> that is a bold man. That's our three up, three down. You can tell us what you think, obviously. Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. All right, Diana Rossini just tweeted out three minutes ago. This is the quote. Uh Aaron Rodgers has provided the New York Jets with a wish list of free agents he would like them to target and acquire per sources. It includes Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, Mercedes Lewis, and dot, dot, dot. Odell Beckham Jr. Ooh! 
I mean, we know, according to some reports, that some of these wheels are already in motion. The question is, do the Jets know what they're doing all of this for? We'll get you the latest next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Aaron Rodgers isn't dancing with himself. In fact, he's making it pretty clear that if he's going to dance with the Jets, he requires a very particular set of dance partners. And we may be seeing it happen in front of our eyes. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. And don't forget, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Power Torque Tools, DIY Days Sale is going on now. Save on hand tools, power tools, and more. Shop in-store or online at O'ReillyAuto.com. Remember, this is what Aaron Rodgers, the Packers quarterback, said on January 8th after the season-ending loss to the Lions about his timeline to making a decision of what was next for the Packers and for him. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to hold him hostage. Uh, you know, I understand, uh, you know, we're still in January here. March is for agency, so um, just need some time to, uh, like I said, get the emotion out of it and then um, figure out what's best. So he says he's not holding anybody hostage and he understands the timeline, but we haven't heard anything. That being said, sometimes the proof's in the pudding, right? And so now we have Diana Rossini tweeting out that there are a group of players that he wanted to be included if he's going to go there, right? So uh, he is absolutely uh, Aaron Rodgers. This is the tweet from Diana. Aaron Rodgers has provided the New York Jets with a wish list of free agents. He, he would like them to target and acquire per sources. It includes Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, Mercedes Lewis, and Odell Beckham Jr. So on the one hand, he doesn't want to hold anybody hostage. On the other hand, he's given a list of players that he requires of the Jets. And by the way, we still don't know anything about an official decision. So it is sort of a, which is it, right, Harry? I had to get my Marcus Spears on and look down at the camera. <laughs> put my glasses on. Aaron Rodgers out here making demands after demands. They call it a wish list. But ladies and gentlemen, it's not a wish list. It's the players that Aaron Rodgers wants on the New York Jets if he decides that he wants to go there. Now, the only issue that I have with this is that Aaron Rodgers is making these demands like he didn't won three, four damn Super Bowls. That, that's the only issue that I have with this, is that Aaron Rodgers is making these demands like he has won Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl. So here's the only thing I'm going to say. If the New York Jets get these players for Aaron Rodgers, he damn sure better deliver and be a Super Bowl contending team, like actually make the Super Bowl because he's making these demands and give his ch his team a chance, an opportunity to actually win it. But That's here's, all I'm saying. here's the hard part about it in my head is we're I mean we're just we're getting this news just like y'all are. Like we didn't have two hours to sit here and think about what all this means, but. Harry, I just keep thinking about the reason that Aaron Rodgers is supposed to make sense to the Jets is because their roster is ready to compete, right? Like Because yes. they are ready to win Super Bowls right now. So now all of a sudden, for a team, and I can't stress this enough, as was pointed out this morning by Dan Graziano, a year ago today, 
a new deal was signed that we thought meant that Aaron Rodgers was going to retire a Packer. So you can't rely on Aaron Rodgers for anything more than the year you're about to get him. So now you're going to blow up a young, talented roster with a bunch of old guys that don't have a better ceiling than those young guys have to appease Aaron Rodgers because that's the only shot you got. It's Why are you damaging your long-term future uh, for this short-term result when you can't bank on any of this moving forward? I, like The addition of these other players is baggage that I think needs to be part of the equation of a Evaluating whether or not Aaron Rodgers is worth it. Well, now all these uh, this wish list that, that that we see now that has come out, it tells me if they're able to get these guys, Corey Davis is going to be gone, Elijah Moore is going to be gone, uh, probably one another one of the tight ends are going to be gone. I, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out like Garrett Wilson, like does he feel some type of way seeing this because he had a hell of a rookie season. And he's a guy that this organization is, is looking upon to make plays, you know, year in and year out. If they sign Odell Beckham Jr., which I don't know how they're going to get that done, but they, if they ha- hypothetically get it done, they're going to figure it out a way. If they get Randall Cobb, Alan Lazar, and Mercedes Lewis, where does that put Garrett Wilson, you know, in place to, 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 to be in the category of, you know, uh, leading this team? from an offensive standpoint, from the wide receiver position. Yeah, and when you mention it that way and you start thinking about where this team was, I think it's important to stress that going all in has resulted in some Super Bowls, right? Tom Brady made the Bucks go all in, but they were already a seasoned roster, right? Like they well, well, first of all, and it's, it's Tom Brady. Tom Brady had six Super Bowls on top of that already. That, Fair. That, that's important in, in saying that now. Tom Brady had six Super Bowls on top of that. Tom Brady's the same guy during the COVID year who had guys out there working together trying to build that chemistry during a COVID year when you weren't able to, you know, do things at the facility. No, and that's a very fair point. I, I'm just saying that the Bucks weren't this like young ascending roster. They were a roster that was ready right then, needed a quarterback with a bunch of guys that were, you know, middle of their career or veterans, right? You think about the Rams. The Rams went all in on winning a Super Bowl and now they're all in on just ripping the whole thing apart. But it made sense for where their roster was at the time. What I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around here is that the Jets are supposed to be the right destination for Aaron Rodgers because they're a young roster that's really good on the defensive side of the ball. They're a young roster with good skill position players that's capable of taking on this sort of contract if need be because, frankly, they got a bunch of guys that are on rookie deals that are all accelerating their their growth in the NFL. Why would I disrupt all of that that's moving forward and not just for Aaron Rodgers, sure, but for Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb and Mercedes Lewis. Well, like, well, like, that just doesn't though. make any sense. Like Garrett Wilson, Odell Beckham Jr., Alan Lazard. No lie, though. It, do, it, sound, it sounds pretty damn enticing. I'm not going to lie to you. But it sounds it, pretty enticing. But he, here's my thing, though. My, my young star in Garrett Wilson, is, is he going to feel some type of way? That's one of the things that the organization, you know, they need to figure out. Hey, if we bring in such and such, how you feel about this? And these are conversations that we were able to have, you know, amongst our, ourselves in our room before we brought Julio in. And then when we got Devin Hester and all kind of stuff like that. These are questions that need to be had and, and, and conversations that need to be had within the Jets organization. Because Garrett Wilson was phenomenal last season. And there's also just this portion of my mindset that says you rip all this apart and you, you bring in all the vets he wants to bring in and you go in for one year and you try to win it all. And I'll never fault a team for doing that, but you don't get it done. 
And then a year from now, you're going through this whole thing again. Aaron Rodgers decides he doesn't want to play, and your young core is no longer your young core, and you didn't really solve any issues. And now you're even further behind from where you started. Like, that's a very real outcome. Odell, back in New York, in the green and white. I mean, at the very least, Odell back in New York in the green and white would provide a distraction for the media so they don't talk to Aaron Rodgers as much. Like, I mean, he brings in Odell Beckham Jr. You stop. Uh, uh, you stop that right now. <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr. is a wonderful man. Oh, no, I'm not saying he's not a wonderful man. I'm saying family, he's an attention getter. Now too. He's, a, he's a star. He's an, he's an attention getter. He walks in the room. Everybody wants to talk to him. That's not a bad thing. I'm just saying it's a it's a it's you know it's an extra layer in this. I don't know. I, I know we will keep you updated on every piece of news as we continue to get it. It feels like Aaron Rodgers' watch will never end. Coming up, is it too late for the Jets to pivot to Lamar and is that actually the right decision? We'll figure out next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 